Alrighty, folks, and welcome back to the Norwood Noise Podcast. It is Thursday, November 16th here, live from Milan, Italy. Um, I'm without my partner, Graham Griffith. It's going to be just myself, Evan Schibble, on a solo show today. Um, you, we can't get a hold of this guy. He's just too busy. Um, totally understandable, though. Season's begun. Um, he started doing some travel with the team this year. Uh, so obviously in Mackey on Monday with the Xavier squad um, for their matchup against Purdue. Uh, he had about a, a 24-hour turnaround and then left for Vegas, and we just were not able to get him uh, even on a phone call this week. So I'm just going to do a quick, real brief wrap-up pod here. First couple weeks, just a couple headlines we got to keep an eye on. Uh, make sure you all are staying updated um, on things going on around the college basketball world outside of just Xavier. Um, and then obviously I'll bring us back, wrap up with a little Musketeer Minute. I'll keep this quick and short, probably 15 minutes tops, just get this in and out, talk about a few notable results. And then we'll move right along, and we'll get back to our normally scheduled programming next week. Graham will be back in town. He'll be back on the pod. We'll be all sorted there. So anyways, we've had quite a few big storylines um, from the first few uh, weeks here of the season, or first you know week and a half or so of the season. Um, and, I, and really, I think the opening night overall, obviously not super entertaining um, as the opening week of college basketball typically goes. These teams like to kind of ease into it. Um, not having any super big matchups. But our first big uh, moment was James Madison upsetting Michigan State, um, the number four team in the country, on the road in overtime, uh, earning a top 25 win there for them uh, and, a, and a win against the number four team in the country, uh, led by TJ Bickerstaff with 21-14. and 14. Uh, The Dukes have now improved to, I believe, 3-0. and um, Big win against Kent State over uh, later in the week last week. Um, and, yeah, they look like they could be – in route to being one of those mid-major teams that's sneaky good as the season goes on. Um, so definitely one to keep an eye on there. Keep an eye on uh, that James Madison squad moving forward. The other big game of the first night um, was USC and Kansas State. That was kind of the headliner. Um, a lot of people hoping to see Bronny James on opening night, of course, unfortunately. Um, medical incident over the summer. He has been unable to practice recently, but it sounds like um, he might still make some appearances here as the season moves on. We're still kind of yet to hear official word on that from the university. Um, but his father, LeBron James, of course, has been very adamant that uh, Bronny will be there this season uh, for the Trojans, but they handled Kansas State. Again, Kansas State, interesting to see um, what they have year two of Jerome Tang after such a successful first year. Obviously, they lost a lot of star power um, this past season uh, after their Elite Eight run. We'll just have to see. Just have to wait and see on them, uh, but I, I wouldn't count them out just yet. USC is a very talented team, and I'll be interested to see what uh, they have to bring the rest of the year. Um. And then the next night, Tuesday, uh, Jacoby Walter led the Baylor Bears to a statement victory uh, in the Samford Pentagon up in South Dakota over Auburn, 88-82, scoring 54 points in the second half for Baylor. Uh, Jacoby Walter had 28. Um, He looks the part, man. He looks unbelievable. Uh, And that was the first night where I really felt like, okay, basketball is back. Um, We had a couple high-flying dunks, um, you know, some just big power plays. Uh, throughout the evening so that was really fun Uh, and just a very up and down game which is always exciting to see there in the first week Wednesday night Barstool Classic uh, the first one of those there for college hoops and we know they've had the Barstool Bowl going on for a couple years now in college football but this is their first year of the basketball tournament Um, Florida Atlantic which they capitalized on some uh, you know some a high market there everyone excited to see how they do Um, they're taking on Loyola Chicago at Wintrust Arena home of the DePaul uh, Blue Demons, so obviously in Chicago, not technically a home game for Loyola, but 
obviously much closer to their home court than uh, down in Boca Raton for Florida Atlantic. But Florida Atlantic, number 10 team in the country, they come in, they take care of business. 75-62, get a good solid victory. Um, and, and just, I think, a big confidence booster for them there just because, you know, it's it's tough to tough to follow up a year like that as a mid-major. And we haven't seen too many of those mid-majors that have such a year like that. And then they come in the next year as a really highly rated team. The last one I can think of that comes to mind is a Wichita State. Um, so interesting to see how they'll follow up their success this year. Um, moving forward, Thursday night, we had uh, a couple notables. Um St. Mary's took care of uh, New Mexico, who was a sneaky good team out of the Mountain West last year. Uh, no doubt for St. Mary's. They were picked uh, in the early season coaches poll to actually finish above Gonzaga this year. So interested to see what the Gales can bring to the WCC. And then Friday, we got to our first uh, really big evening um, of hoops. And that, of course, was headlined by Arizona traveling to Duke. Um, and Arizona getting a huge, huge victory in Cameron Indoor, 78-73 over the Duke Blue Devils. Really, for me, I mean, obviously, got to bring more of these style of games. Of course, you know, if it's a neutral site, whatever. But the home and home setup is super, super entertaining. Um, got to see Cameron absolutely packed. I don't, I've never seen it that packed and bumping uh, in November like this, or at least in a really long time. So just to see the atmosphere there, um, it, you could definitely feel it through the TV. Uh, and yeah, it was just a super entertaining game. Very up and down. Again, understandably, the early on in the season, you're going to be a little sloppy. You know, you're going to have some some turnovers and things like that here and there. Um, but just really fun style of play. And cool to see, too, that it's two new coaches that are making this happen. Um, with Tommy Lloyd in his, uh, gosh, what's his third year now? Um, and then obviously Shire in his second. Seeing those guys being the ones to make that happen, really exciting. So obviously they'll go to Arizona next year. Um, Duke will, will travel down there. Uh, to Tucson, and yeah, again, it just pleased more of that because that game was absolutely unbelievable. Um, to hear you know Dan Schulman and Jay Billis on the call was just awesome to you know really get that big game feel very early on in the season. And again, so early in the season, I don't really think there's any upside or downside for either of these teams. Maybe Duke a little bit of downside losing to Arizona at home, but if you're Arizona, there's no shame in losing to Duke. And obviously, it's only a positive if you beat them at Duke. And then for Duke, I mean, yeah, obviously you have a little bit of downside, but clearly this Arizona team has proven that they're going to be really competitive throughout the season. So that one was definitely worth noting. And then Tennessee uh, went on the road to Wisconsin, got a great victory, 80-70. to 70. Again, filling out that top 10 uh, you know, level expectation at number nine in the country there. So they get a great win. Texas A&M took care of Ohio State on the road. Again, another one that could have gotten a little interesting. So a couple big SEC wins over some big 10 teams that are kind of probably going to be middle of the pack there um, on the season. And you know we'll just have to wait and see what we get out of those middle of the pack big 10 teams. Uh, but two statement wins for two of the SEC title favorites there. And then, of course, uh, wrapping up out west, uh, BYU with a big victory at home against a, a 17th ranked uh, San Diego State team. Um, again, I don't see a ton of downside here for San Diego State just because BYU, while yes, they were picked 13th in the preseason Big 12 poll, finishing finish 13th in the Big 12 as we've seen in past years is no shame. Um, obviously, Big 12 is going to be a very good league this year. I think BYU could be one of those teams that maybe doesn't finish super well. Um, it might be on the outside looking in uh, to the tournament, unfortunately, for them. But obviously have have a lot of talent and playing on the road at BYU is always tough. Um, so San Diego State, a tough one, but I, I don't think it's a, a season decider or anything like that. Um, interested to see what we see more out of the Aztecs moving forward, though. <clears throat> uh, and then moving forward, uh, we did have a, a notable one late Sunday night. Um, Weber State 
uh, gets the win at St. Mary's. So, you know, not not one to really be super concerned about, I think, if you're um, – if you're St. Mary's, but definitely a kind of, oh, whoops, didn't didn't really mean to see that or didn't really mean for that to happen. Uh, obviously a bye game situation there. Dylan Jones led the way for Weber State, 29 points, 10 boards. Uh, shout out to Damian Lillard, Lillard, his alma mater there. I'm sure he was pumped up for his Wildcats getting a big win on the road. Um, they held St. Mary's to 20 points in the second half, so I think that's probably a telltale sign there. Um, and for a team like St. Mary's, it doesn't really score a ton of points uh, to be held so low there in the second half. Um by a mid-major team is definitely difficult. And then we get to um, early on this week, and we had a lot of notable games. Obviously, Gavit Games tipping off this week, um, and they're playing throughout the week this week. And obviously, we had uh, Champions Classic on Tuesday night. So break those down real briefly for you. Um, obviously, first game of the night there for the uh, – for excuse me, for Monday night um, Gavit Games was the Michigan-St. John's game. A lot of excitement for St. John's fans. Uh, you know, this is kind of the first big game for Patino playing a big brand in Michigan. Uh, no Juwan Howard in that game for Michigan. Still recovering uh, from an offseason surgery. So we'll see, you know, when he's able to roll back in. But obviously co-head coach Phil Martelli taking over. Um, got the win for Michigan, and it was it was a handled win for Michigan. Uh, really no no issues there. They got to, I think they were up 25, 26 at one point. Um, obviously didn't end up. Uh, winning by that many, I think they only won by 16 or so. Um, but a, a big one there for Michigan, kind of statement victory, get off the blocks um, early on in the season. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know, a, a tough loss for St. John's, especially, you know, as it, it does go down as a home game, even though it was in Madison Square Garden. Um, seemingly a good atmosphere there in Madison Square Garden, but yeah, just a, a, a tough one for St. John's fans to swallow. So much, so much anticipation going into the season. Kind of a shaky start. I wouldn't say it was, you know, the the worst thing that could have happened, but you kind of got blown out of your own building by a team that isn't seen as like a surefire NCAA tournament team. Um, and early on, St. John's is picked, you know, to pretty comfortably be in the NCAA tournament, finishing fourth or fifth there in the Big East in most polls. Um, speaking of St. John's, I actually have them on right now here as I'm recording Thursday evening for me. It's gonna be kind of Thursday afternoon um, for those uh, in the U.S. But We've got St. John's is up five currently with four to play uh, in the Charleston or whatever they're calling it now, Shriners Children Classic, I think it is, down in Charleston. Um, they're up five on North Texas. Um, so, you know, we'll see see this one out. I don't know if we'll get to the end of it by the end of the episode, but uh, definitely go check that score uh, once this has been uploaded, see how St. John's is doing, because if they get off to a one and two start, um, definitely something to keep an eye on here. Um, as North Texas drives for an and one there. So, yeah, this this could be a good finish here. Um, but anyway, so that was the first game of the evening, Gavit games-wise. And then the second was our Xavier Musketeers uh, going on the road to Mackey, which is road games at Purdue are super, super difficult, um, you know, regardless of the time of year. But especially that first one, you know, the energy's bumping. You know, it's their first big game for, for the Purdue fans there and for the, for the paint crew, as they call it. Um, so we'll get more on that in the Musketeer minute. Overall, though, I think a, a positive performance for Xavier despite the loss. Um, so definitely, you know, overall, I think good, a lot of good takeaways, though, there from the Musketeers. And then, of course, uh, Villanova, you you know, you can't get away uh, from Monday evening without talking about this one. Villanova in the Big Five Classic at the Palestra against Penn. Uh, 
there's always some magic there, man. And, and this is what I love about the early season true road games, um, especially in a rivalry like this when you got Villanova and Penn and Philadelphia, the Big Five, just kind of that whole all-encompassing, um, you know, atmosphere there in the palestra. Um, you, you can't get any better than that. Penn fans storming the court after upsetting Villanova. Um, 76-72, they take care of business there. Um, and, and congrats to Penn. That's an awesome win. Um so yeah, just just definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, Villanova is off to a shaky start. I think obviously a fun one for Penn, a fun one for the Palestra, and just Philadelphia as a whole. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on with Villanova. Uh, Kyle Neptune, 19 and 18 to start his career there for the Villanova Wildcats. Not great. Um, you know, if you miss the tournament this year, are you getting fired? I don't think so. Um, but definitely keep an eye on it there because I think it is a little interesting. This transition hasn't been as smooth as I think a lot of Wildcats fans would have hoped. Obviously, you're following a, a you know an all-time great um, in Jay Wright, but man, the roster is still really good. And if you're not putting the pieces together, you know you just got to be careful. So um, I do know they have Maryland this weekend, which should be a really interesting game because Maryland's another team as well, kind of in that same area as Villanova. You just don't really know what you're going to get yet. Um, so keep an eye on that one. That's a really intriguing matchup. I think it's either Friday or Saturday night this weekend. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that one. And then Tuesday night, we really had three awesome, awesome games um, that I was super excited to watch. So we were, of course, opened up with Duke and Michigan State in the first game of the Champions Classic, and then kind of amidst that, uh, Marquette in uh, traveling to Illinois for another Gavit Games matchup um, was kind of the start of that, kind of in the middle of that uh, first game of the Champions Classic. So that one rolled, and then we finished with Kansas and Kentucky uh, in the Champions Classic as well. Those Champions Classic games were played in Chicago. Um a lot of really exciting things to be looking out for that evening. Uh, I was super pumped to watch that. For me, the Champions Classic, I think, is the first real evening of college hoops where we really get into some top-tier matchups, obviously outside of the Duke-Arizona game this year, but definitely really fun to see that one. Uh, Duke handled things, which I think they needed to after a loss to uh, Arizona at home. You definitely got to go take care of business against a Michigan State team that, you know, one and two, they're they're starting a little bit lower in the expectations. I'll be shocked if they're in the top 25 next week. Um you know, and I don't think you doubt Izzo ever, but just something to keep an eye on. Um, this is kind of back-to-back years with really not awesome starts. I remember I saw him at the uh, Champions Classic last year as well, and I think they got that win over Kentucky. Um, but then after that, kind of faltered a little bit early on in the season. So definitely something to keep an eye on with Michigan State. You, you know, we'll see what they're able to bring, but they came in with really high expectations this year. And you take a loss to James Madison at home, okay, move on. Um, and then you get you know, handled by Duke, like not really close um, at any point in the game. So interesting to see how they'll respond from that. Um, and then Marquette, Illinois was awesome, man. It was that 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 State Farm Arena down there in, uh, in Champaign is always an incredible atmosphere um, and, and really, you know, good on, good on the Illini for getting them in there um, and, and packing the student section and really bringing an awesome atmosphere. They gave Marquette everything they had, but man, Marquette's looking the part of that top five national contender type team. Tyler Kolick, of course, leading the way with 24. Um, you know, he's a player of the year candidate, of course. So uh, definitely exciting things to keep an eye on there for Marquette. Shock Smart doing a really great job um, selling that ship. Um, and they've got a they got Texas coming up here in that Big Twelve Big East Classic here in a few weeks, which should be a fun one, of course, with uh, just all the storylines of the of the you know rematch with Texas and all those things. So can't wait for that. But uh, good on Marquette taking care of business down there in Illinois and, and getting a really uh, you know kind of a let's see what you're made of kind of win there for for Marquette. So good on them. 
And then, of course, uh, closing out the evening with the Champions Classic, Kansas uh, taking care of business over Kentucky. Man, what a performance from the Jayhawks. I mean, really, you know, Hunter Dickinson, 27 points, 21 rebounds. Um, the first, you know, over 20 and 20 games since Thomas Robinson uh, was there for KU in the early 2010s. Um, and the first one against Kentucky, the first over 20 and 20 uh, against Kentucky by anyone since 1998, which is an unbelievable performance. Also led the way by Dewan Harris, uh, who went technically 5 of 6 from 3. I'm going to call it 5 of 5. Um, he did, uh, he did miss one late as like a, a late shot clock buzzer beater kind of situation. Um, but yeah, shooting the ball really well there. And then Kevin McCuller with a triple double as well. So interested to see from Kansas that they don't really seem to have that like fifth starter spot figured out. Um, obviously Dewan and Kevin showing up in big time. KJ Adams, super dynamic up and down the floor. Um, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. And of course, Hunter Dickinson really just taking care of business and, you know, being maybe even more so than what he was really expected. Um, but definitely going to be interesting to see how Marco Jackson is the fifth starter right now. Um, he had seven points in 24 minutes, just kind of an okay uh, performance there. Uh, no buckets from Furphy, Johnny Furphy, or Nick Timberlake off the bench. They're kind of the three that are expected to be, you know, one of those guys is really going to have to step up and kind of seize that last spot there uh, in the starting rotation for the Hawks. So, Interested to see how that goes moving forward. Uh, and on the Kentucky side, I think while you're not, I think Kentucky fans generally aren't really looking for, you know, moral losses here or, you know, any kind of morale booster coming out of a loss. Um, but definitely, I, I think an overall good performance. Rob Dillingham was awesome to watch. I think there was a, you know, a, a, a series where him and Dewan and I think McCuller might have hit one in there. Um traded quite a few threes in a row, which was pretty awesome. Dillingham, I think, hit three or four in four possessions. Um, and just an awesome little series there. So Kentucky showing that they're athletic um, and definitely can score with anyone. They got a couple injuries in the in the front court, which I think is part of the reason that you know Dickinson really shined for the Hawks. So interesting to see um, what Kentucky's made of the rest of the year. Um, obviously, uh, you know, not looking for a moral victory, but but overall – um, not a horrible performance for Kentucky. They did hold the lead most of the time, uh, or most of the game anyways. So, And then, of course, we, man, can't get away from these West Coast late-night games that I'm just completely missing on my schedule. Um, UC Irvine beating USC uh, on the road. So, again, a, a bye game for USC, um, and they're just not able to handle handle the Anteaters, uh, one of my favorite logos in college basketball there at UC Irvine. Good on them for getting that win. Um you know, obviously probably not a case for an at-large or anything like that, uh, but a good conference booster, you know, going into your, um, your, the rest of your non-con and looking forward to, uh, <clears throat> looking forward to some conference play. Maybe UC Irvine's one to keep an eye on uh, come March time. And USC, I think, again, a lot of these teams, you know, you get that one bye game kind of shocker loss and it's like, okay, fine. Now we got to, you know, pick ourselves up and, and move on. So we'll have to see um, what they're able to bring kind of the rest the rest of the way. Those are kind of all the big results uh, and performances um, to tell you about here in the first couple of weeks of college hoops. Uh, we'll, Graham and I will get back at you kind of middle of the week next week, um, you know, with some some big time updates. Of course, don't forget you got uh, I mean feast week technically tipping off today, um, so really a week week and a half full of just 
uh, random college hoops games, some really good ones, you know, some really maybe mediocre ones that turn out to be great. Um, we had a tie ball game here, St. John's in North Texas, 52 apiece with about a minute left. So uh, this is what I'm talking about, though. I mean, if you're a college basketball nut, uh, this is an awesome time of year. You got this, you got, you know, college football rivalry weekend kind of over these next two weekends. Um, just a lot of fun things to, to keep on your on your clicker here is maybe you get a little holiday break before the before the real holidays um, or kind of before the, uh, the the longer holiday break here uh, in late December. So um, definitely excited to uh, see what these next couple of weeks bring. Obviously, Battle for Atlantis, uh, Maui Invitational, all those good things uh, are, are fun things to look forward to for College Hoops fans over the next week or so. And yeah, to wrap us up with uh, with the Musketeer minute here at the end, um, obviously really, really awesome performance, I think, from Xavier on the road. Despite, you know, being down, being challenged down low with Zach Eady, of course, um, I think a lot of really good positives. Um, Desmond Claude again, leading the way, just as he did in the first two games, in the first two home bye games for Xavier. Uh, he led the way with 15 um, in his 36 minutes on the floor, of course. Um, and then he was kind of followed up by a lot of individual solid performances, nothing crazy. Dalen Swain and Trey Green had 10 apiece off the bench. Um, Namiska had uh, 10 uh, from a starting position as well. And then kind of Usmane, or excuse me, Abu Usman, uh, Kachi Inze, uh, and Sasa Siani were kind of the three rotation guys that were in there, uh, you know, dealing with the power of Zach Eady. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, Davion McKnight and Quincy Oliveri, the other starters. Had really good games as well, um, really solid games um, overall. I, I was really personally uh, a couple of my guys that I really just wanted to shout out. Kachi Inze came in for he only had 11 minutes, but man, he really did a good job of locking up Zach Eady and getting him up that lane, which is a, such a key thing uh, when they're looking for him nearly every time down the floor. Namiska looked great uh, with 10, only two of five from three point line. Uh, or from the three-point line, which obviously a solid shooting percentage, uh, maybe taking a couple too many shots. Um, but really overall, I mean, Xavier shot 7-25 from behind the three-point line. You get a few more of those to fall, and you're kind of in the game, I think. Um, and, and honestly, a 12-point loss on the road is nothing to be alarmed about. I think if you play this at a neutral site, you probably lose by four or six. Um, and I think if you play this uh, in the Centos Center, I think it's a really, really close game down the stretch. Kind of shades of like an Indiana game last year for those uh, Musketeer fans that remember. So yeah, definitely not any reason to panic at all. You got a really fun weekend ahead. You got Washington uh, tomorrow night. So really, you know, really looking forward to that game. I think these are, I think, you know, you might have a little bit of an edge um, if you're Xavier uh, coming up in this game. Um on, on Friday, uh, which will be really fun. But again, Washington, good, solid Power 5 team that you got to keep an eye on. Um, excuse me. Uh, and you really never know what they can bring um, out of kind of a weird uh, Pac-12 this year that, you you know, we just don't really know what to expect too much from the Pac-12 outside of the top couple teams. So um, definitely excited about that one. And then you play uh, either San Diego State or St. Mary's, depending on wins or losses. But either way, you're getting a, a chance at a, at a likely ranked or you know near-ranked team uh, in that second game. So a couple West Coast teams that you don't typically get to see out in Vegas, uh, the Continental Tire main event for the Musketeers. So yeah, really, really excited to see what those games bring for the Musketeers. Two great opportunities. Man, if you can get out of this weekend 2-0, uh, moving forward, you, you, know, you could have a really good resume building here in the non-conference season. Because um, if you get through there, you got Houston coming up uh, here in about two weekends' time. 
or two weeks time uh, in the Centos Center, which is a huge, huge opportunity. And then obviously you got UC in the Crosstown Shootout before your conference play gets going. So a couple, you know, a couple more big chances. I think you got four or so more big games. Obviously can't overlook any of those mid-majors and those bye games as well either. Uh, but just a lot of excitement, I think, around this Musketeer program. I think the team is looking, frankly, a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. Um, and I think even Purdue fans would say, and I, and I heard a lot of this chatter, that, man, they just wouldn't go away on Monday night. So I think that was, you know, the way that they competed was a, was a really, you know, nice positive for uh, Xavier as a whole. So... Anyways, that'll kind of wrap us here this evening. Of course, I went way over my quoted 15 minutes. Just too much to talk about, man. So excited. Uh, you know, beginning of the year is finally here. Beginning of the season is finally here. Um, but yeah, I think that'll wrap it. Uh, again, we'll get back to you next week. We'll get Mr. Mr. G Money finally back on the pod. Hear what he has to say about, you know, early on in the season, being in that team room, things like that. What he feels, you know, how, how he feels the leadership's developing, you know, early season uh, notables, things like that. So yeah, I can't wait to uh, hear from him and hear what he has to say. Thank you all, of course, for listening. As always, myself, Evan Shibble, Graham Griffith is with us in spirit, uh, and he'll be back again next week on the pod to wrap up a couple weeks early on in the season of, of College Hoops. But yeah, thank you again all for very much for listening here. Thursday, November 16th, early season pod, and we'll get back with you next week. Cheers. See ya.